can't pay the IRS, haven't filed in a while, receiving threatening letters? Yeah, it's about to get worse. The IRS is hiring an army of agents targeting hardworking Americans like you. You need warriors on your side. You need Tax Network USA. Tax Network USA has brilliant strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. For instance, they've discovered a limited-time special offer that the IRS is willing to waive $1 billion in penalties. Find out if you qualify before it's too late. Never call the IRS alone. Let Tax Network USA attorneys handle it. They have preferred direct lines to the IRS. They know which agents to work with and which to avoid. They've resolved over $1 billion in tax debts and offer a best-in-class guarantee. Schedule your free consultation now. Call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit TNUSA.com slash Victor. TNUSA.com slash Victor. Hello, you've joined the Victor Davis Hansen Show. And for anybody who's a first timer, this is our Friday edition where we look at the news of the week. And so we'll be looking at the Ukraine war and the shooting that's just currently going on in Atlanta. And we'll do that right after these messages. Have you heard of cancer fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and veggies may actually lower, lower your risk of cancer. Hopefully you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. If not, you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is found in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. Will Field of Greens prevent, treat, or cure cancer? No, but it's so powerful, it promises at your next checkup, your doctor will notice your improved health or your money back. I got you 15% off and free rush shipping. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code VICTOR, V-I-C-T-O-R, for your discount. That's promo code VICTOR at fieldofgreens.com, fieldofgreens.com. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors No Prep, No Mess Meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer, thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh, Never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. What are you waiting for? For our listeners, Factor is giving you 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month when you use the promo code VICTOR50 at factormeals.com slash victor50. Choose from six menu preferences to help you manage calories, maximize protein intake, avoid meat, or simply eat well-balanced. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Remember to get 50% off your first box plus 
20% off your next month, head to factormeals.com slash Victor50. That's V-I-C-T-O-R-5-0. And use the code Victor50. That's code Victor50 at factormeals.com slash Victor50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Welcome back. Victor is the Martin and Neely Anderson Senior Fellow in Military History and Classics at the Hoover Institution and the Wayne and Marsha Buskey Distinguished Fellow in History at Hillsdale College. He can be found at his website, victorhanson.com. It's called The Blade of Perseus. And you can join us either with a free subscription and get on our mailing list for all the free things that are on his website, or join us for $5 a month and $50 a year. Uh, for the VDH Ultra material, which is copious. And I think Jack um, has estimated it at about two books per year. So it's a great deal. Please come join us. Victor, we always start off with something positive, or I'm hoping to always start off with something positive. And I have something if you don't. Okay. Well, you can go ahead, Sammy. All right. Well, there is a Delaware councilman who has said that he identifies as a lesbian woman of color and he's married with five kids. And this has um, caused a lot of outrage, but it's also exposed the left and, and we could say the intolerance of the left for people who are feeling the way that they feel, right? So I thought that was very interesting. His name is Ryan Webb. So that was kind of Sort of like the guy, the, the Canadian shop teacher who developed those artificial breasts and said that he was transing. Do you think that was fake? And that was, I think it it was. Yeah. That he was trolling. Is that what they called it? He's trolling. Well, I mean, the transgender community has, um, there is some disconnect. So if you say that, say you are born with testicles and a phallus and you've gone through male puberty and at some point you feel that you want to reconstruct your gender, and I, I had an article on the website today that I wrote for the ultra customers that that incidence has gone, as I said earlier, from one in 40 about, I mean, excuse me, 40 and 100,000 20 years ago to 250,000, 250 per 100,000 to 5,000 per 100,000, 5%. So mm-hmm. it's either a fad or it's acting cool or whatever the phenomenon is. But if you can... If you can construct your sex or gender, then why can't you construct your race? Why can't you say, I really feel I'm Rachel Dozel and I feel black or I'm Elizabeth Warren. and I really feel like I'm a Native American. I always have or I'm Ward Churchill and I'm more Native American than somebody who's, you know, completely assimilated. So that was always the disconnect. Once you go into this Foucauldian relativism, that a person can be whatever they want to be. And, you know, it's not just individuals. The New York Times constructed George Zimmerman into a white Hispanic. I don't recall them ever saying that Barack Obama was a white African-American because he was half white. But they surely did with George Zimmerman when they wanted to avoid a person of color against a person of color. Um incident. So, I mean, George 
Zimmerman could have said, as I said before, my name is Jorge Mesa. You know, and that's yes. what he, that's what he could have done. Yeah, after his mother's that, Peruvian yeah, background, yeah, he could have Latinized Latinized his first name, and he could have adopted his matriarchal or maternal name. But he didn't. But he didn't. But that's, that shows you how silly we're, this whole thing is. So silly, especially in an intermarried, integrated, assimilated, multiracial, popular culture. It doesn't make any sense other than, you know, efforts to find some angle of victimization to leverage some type of repertory, compensatory treatment. And it yes. reached the heights of absurdity when you look at San Francisco, which is physically bankrupt and has to call in the federal government to give them special funding, their 500 police officers short, and they're bringing in the highway patrol to stop the fentanyl. And they're talking about multi-billion dollar payouts for reparations to two to three percent of the city population as a model for the state. It's just, you know, it's crazy. yeah, I keep, you know, talking about the Byzantines, but gosh, in the last few decades before the fall, they had certain thing. They were arguing over which particular ritual in the church was the pure Christianity versus the West versus the East, when all they had to do was say, look, we're Christians, whether you're Roman Catholic or Greek Orthodox, we need help right now. Please, please send us 5,000 Italian mercenary soldiers right now. They couldn't do that. So we're this, we're fiddling why the country, the country is broke. It has no borders. Its military is declining at a geometric rate. We're insane about the so called Green New Deal. We're voluntarily giving up energy and uh, sufficiency. We're in the hyper stagflationary state with rising interest rates. And what are we talking about? We're talking about transgender this and transgender that and reparations. These are things that a wealthy, confident, secure, prosperous country can talk about. But we're not that way anymore. We're in decline and we have no margin of error. So and you know what would it take? This is supposed to be the happy five minutes, but I know it is. I was Victor, my Ryan Webb sort of he's challenging that status quo that you're talking about um, is a good story, I guess. I I don't quite understand the contours of the story, whether he was just sincere or trying to make money or to do or show the, the absurdity of the whole thing. But whatever. The, the good news to finish is these are self-inflicted wounds. And that means that San Francisco is not s- suffering from the great fire of 1906. It's not suffering from the great earthquake. It's not suffering from the AIDS epidemic. It's self-inflicted. And the border could be solved within three months. Get a new president administration. They could build the wall. They could stop, stop and release. They could deport anybody who's come in under the Biden administration immediately. They could require back legal only immigration. They could leverage Mexico and they have all kinds of leverage, like $60 billion in remittances that are sent out of this country to Mexico every year. They could do that. They could do it with the energy. They could build Keystone. They could open up Anwar. They could have more federal, new federal leasing. They could do that tomorrow. 
They could really encourage more hydroelectric, more nuclear. They could do that. Yeah. They could yeah. just stop the racial tribalism tomorrow. Uh, and they could do that. They could just yeah, say, you know what? Your race is incidental. We don't really care about what color you are or anything. We're going to treat people based on the 1965 Civil Rights Act. There's well, not yeah. going to be any more segregated dorms, no more segregated graduations, no more segregated safe spaces, none of that. And but so what I'm getting at is they can crime. All you have to do. I mean, we in California did it with three strikes and you're out and suddenly the crime rate rate dropped. We built new prisons and everybody said, wow, the crime rate dropped. It is really safe to walk out at San Francisco at midnight. You can drive all through Los Angeles without getting carjacked. It's amazing. And that's because human nature has evolved and we no longer need the police anymore. And they're just bad guys. So we're going to get rid of, we're going to defund the police, get rid of 500 police officers and say that uh, the a person's a victim of social pathologies and not his own behavior. And bam, it went right back up again. Yeah. So they're all correctable and they could be correctable if we could get together. But part, you know, the Democrats keep saying, well, the Republican Party is crazy. It's maggot. Well, no. I mean, you look at the actual imprint of the conservative Republican Party, except for, you know, no more open borders or no more free but unfair trade with China. It's pretty much the same conservative justices, energy development, try to have fiscal responsibility, not too well there, but try to de deregulation. But what's new is there is no Democratic Party. It just simply vanished. And again, I go back to reading. I just did it the other day. I read the 92 and 96 speeches at the Democratic Convention. And they sounded like Donald Trump, not Nancy Pelosi or Bill Clinton or Hillary Clinton. Close the border. Close the border. Legal only immigration. School uniforms. Federal help for the police. Toughen up sanction, uh, crimes against drug using and drug sales. We need more energy development. Stop the importation of foreign oil. That was what they were saying. They're just captivated, hijacked by the special interest, the gender, race, and environmental extremes, and yeah. they've mortgaged your future to them. Well, you, there's one thing that's standing in the way of that sensible policy and maybe the election of people that would have that sensible policy, and that is the presses. And I there's current mass massacres that have gone on, as we both know, the one currently is in an Atlanta hospital um, and is happening today, which is Wednesday. But there was also the Covenant School where six were killed. Texas just two days ago, where the, or sorry, I think it was five days ago, where the shooter executed five people and was an illegal immigrant. The Covenant School was a um, transsexual, uh, I guess, is, are they called men when they're transing to men and transsexual women when they're going to a woman? I'm not sure. Right? I, don't know if it, I, I don't know if you calibrated at some magical yeah. moment in the transitionary process, but, but I, I think wanted your to point, point out. Oh, oh, I was just going to point out that the presses do not cover it when it is the transsexual, when it is the illegal. Well, they cover immigrant. it, but they don't, they say 
it's they say things like this reports of the suspect are still sketchy or the suspect but when it's a white male especially conservative then it becomes emblematic of white supremacy white toxicity white you know privilege white rage and so everybody knows that so when you see these like about the mexican shooter he's a mexican national he's not a mexican american and they not only didn't tell you right away that he was an illegal alien but when somebody mentioned that the family he shot was undocumented they got even angrier but the point is that they are invested in particular narratives and one narrative is that there is seven million wonderful perfect people they're better than we are to paraphrase bill crystal's statement you know a few years ago i think he was at an aei and we want them all in and if you dare mention that because we don't audit them or ask for background checks there's any felons then we're going to treat you like donald trump who said we're not getting mexico's best when you add in that mr obador the mexican president beaming beaming that he'd sent 40 million up here and that he could tell them to vote democratic then you have it all and one of the things that's really disturbing is that all these articles that are leaking out about tucker carlson they keep calling white supremacists white nationalists and then you you want to wait until you see what he actually said and somebody is leaking them i guess from fox news to the left-wing media but today he had said and i shouldn't say he said he was emailing to a friend those are private emails but because it was on the fox server i guess or it was on a video take they got that but he said i'm not defending it but he just saw three people beating up an antifa person he didn't know the race of the antifa person i think it was white because i can remember the incident and he said white people don't do that haha <laughs> well that's kind of insensitive and chauvinistic but that's not a proof that you're a white supremacist it, it's not and you know i hear things like that all the time when i drive into town and i talk to people who are white or mexican-american or they'll say hey you know we're going to get you haha five mexican people we're going to jump you or things like that i don't think that is racist it's just kind of ethnic banter back and forth and then they i, I keep waiting for it for them to produce evidence to substantiate these stories that he's he was fired because he's a white nationalist and what do you get you get the great replacement theory the great replacement theory well and they're the I, ones that had it right yeah they created it they called it demography is destiny everybody knows that they were bragging that the white population has shrunk to 67 percent get over it and there's going to be a new demography and we've seen signs of it already they said not me in nevada california new mexico to a degree in arizona surely in colorado and this is a wonderful thing so tucker comes across and says this is what they're doing and i don't know what to say but that's they, well, they have forced the conversation to be around groups defined by ethnicity, sexuality, sexual preference, whatever. They've defined those groups. They've defined the narrative around those groups. And yet, 
when they and that was all that's all for the purpose of getting things for people who say they've been victimized in the past or at least their group has been victimized but when you turn it to them having to then um own up to the crimes of individuals from that group they censor it they ignore it they call you all these names that you've been talking about my question is just how long can that go on because it's so patently obvious but maybe i'm watching the wrong news channels i'm not sure I think it's getting people are getting tired. I remember right after Barack Obama got elected, I can recall it to the day when they had James Carville. Remember him? Carol Carville. He got on TV and he was pushing a book. It was right afterwards. And it was I think it was called 40 additional 40 more years and how Democrats will rule the next generation. You know what it was? It was all about. The new growing non-white population, thanks to immigration. He was boasting about it. So Tucker comes along and just resonates what these people say. And they say, you believe in the great replacement theory. No, no, he doesn't believe in the great replacement theory. They do. They do. And he's criticizing that. That doesn't mean that he wants an all-white nation. It just means he wants a legal system that is diverse so that 80 to 90 percent of the immigrants are not coming in illegally from one particular geographical area that we get people from africa we get people from vietnam we get people from france we get people from taiwan but that that's not they know that and you know if i just i'm going to do an experiment i i i swear i haven't done this so i'm going to pick up my phone, and I don't know if I should try. I don't know who, which is more left wing. Do you Google or Yahoo? I think <laughs> Google. So I'll pick it up. And Google, here it is. Yeah, yeah, Google. So I'll try Yahoo. So let me go to the stories. First one Florida nurse who couldn't stop burping learned. Oh, that's an ad. Sorry. Uh, next, first story. And it is something has to be done. Alarming number America. Oh, that's a <laughs> these are ads. Hold on. Woman reveals she's being harassed by a man who's created fake nude. There's that's one. Next one. T- Tesla CEO Elon Musk is betting the farm that it's an attack on him. Uh CNN's upcoming Trump town hall is a masterclass in mutual self-interest, criticizes him. Here's one. The next one, racism in Canada, viral TikTok sparks outrage after mom threatened off airlines flight. Next one, I do actually work. 21-year-old TikTokster was harassed to tears after purchasing a home with no mortgage. And... Let's go on. This is foreign policy. Uh, older generations are confused. A woman on TikTok says women, millennials don't share the, the same work ethic. Uh, it sounds like Yahoo is owned by TikTok, by the way. That's probably why you're getting all those TikToks. Um, here's the next one. I don't know if they're De- Deconstructing owned, Karen helps white women realize how they uphold White supremacy, denial, denial, denial. And it's the founders of the race to dinner where 
seems like people of color tell white people how they don't understand how awful they are. And here's the next story. Two Thou, officer who contained crowd during George Floyd murder, is convicted. We don't need to know what that story is going to be. Well, then uh, Bud Light sales collapse amid backlash. Negative story about the backlash from the first line. And uh, one next one. I think we got it. They're okay. all left wing. They're and all that's left Yahoo. wing. And that's and Yahoo. Google's that's no not better. Fox News. That's yeah. not Fox News. That's not CNN News. That is a supposedly a political search engine. And that's why when you search any of these topics, I shouldn't say these topics, any topic, you look at the results and they're all politicized according to law algorithms and you can't get a non-biased disinterested search result till you're about into search number result number 50. And there so are that, other search engines DuckDuckGo is one of them and I, I know probably are. gets a better I are. but I mean they yeah. Google owns 90 percent of the world search market or its affiliates overseas and Google US so that's what that's the power that they hold and they are molding people to think in particular ways. And they do it with social media ads. They do it with Photoshopping. They do it. They even do it on the holidays when they have the little Google thing. They don't. Christmas to them is just, it doesn't have anything to do with Christ or Easter either. They make sure of that. Halloween is really, they really go in for Halloween when their little Google emblem gets decorated. But they have such insidious ways of affecting public opinion and molding it and warping it. And I think mm, you yes. ask, well, when are people going to get angry? I think they're going to, they're getting pretty angry right now because how do I know that? I'm just looking at the bud backlash. Oh, so they have this traditional beer, Bud Light, and they put this Dylan Mulvaney. Mulaney. Mulaney. Yeah. yeah. He goes on there. She, excuse me. And she tries to almost, you know, in a hyper uh, unreal, I don't know what the hyper self-absorbed fashion starts to gesture about this new beer and all this. And people just say, you know what? I've had it. I'm had it. And then they think, well, this is not too bad because we Anheuser-Busch has all these other. No, the other brands are hurting too. But one, one billion, billion dollars in sales off. That's a lot. And just yeah, just is. the last three weeks, and they haven't recovered. And people are saying, count me out. And you look at the NBA, they are so happy when they get 10% of their NBA audience they had 30 years ago. And the only way that these companies are making it is they're global. So they start to sell their product overseas. But they have pushed the American domestic market such that people are, are sick of it. And you look at the military. There's a new week Navy recruitment ad out showing a trans, I guess I'll be careful, a trans woman or a male who dresses up as a trans woman. And they wonder why they're short an entire Army division. 16,000 people are missing they need. This is after they forced people to retire or to be fired because they didn't get the two vaccinations. By the way, there's a nice study about the Moderna-Pfizer vaccinations. 
after one one to two months, their efficacy is from somewhere between 10 and 30%. We were told that, we remember, we had 96% efficacy. And so I, I, what I'm saying is after you, you add in the calculus, the humiliation in Afghanistan, you add in the calculus, Mark Milley and Lloyd Austin before Congress lecturing America about white rage and white supremacy and reading Professor Kendi. Then you, you look at uh, forcing people out because they were not vaccinated, even though the vaccinations were not promised to be as effective as, as billed and had some side effects, at least for young males of the type that go into the army, that is between 18 and 30. So my point is that there is these indications that our people are getting sick of it. And yes, and yes. I don't mean just white people. I mean, everybody's getting sick of it. And the word white, I, I don't know what it means when I go into the food market in, in my hometown. I see people who are speaking Spanish that are whiter than I am. I really do. And I see people who are from India or who are, I was the other day at Home Depot and I was talking to a guy from India. He was much darker than an African-American person there. So, and that Rasaswamy guy pointed that out to Don Lemon, basically. Don Lemon, remember, insulted him. He said, whatever background you are. Yes. So, I, I think the whole everybody's getting sick of the race thing, and they know where the trajectory ends up at. It ends up at Rwanda. It ends up at the former Yugoslavia. It ends up at Iraq. It ends yeah. up in a nihilist civil war, Hobbesian war of everybody against everybody, and it's mm. not sustainable. And they know that. The only yes. question I have, or the mystery is, we know where the race thing ends up. We know where the massive 33 trillion, 130% of GDP debt ends up. We know what happens with the military when you deliberately snub, insult a white male from rural America who died at twice their numbers in Afghanistan, Iraq, and you make it as if he is the enemy when the Secretary of Defense and the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, without any data, say that they're going to root out white supremacy. That's like saying, well, we're going to go out and see if there's a lot of Black Panthers and, you know, or too many BLM people in. What would happen if they did that? And so yeah. my point is that that we know that people are, that that's not sustainable. And we know it's correctable. You could correct it tomorrow. So we'll see in the next election. And what we'll see yes. is... Is A, is the Republican Party smart enough to get candidates that can win? I don't care. I mean, I care that they have to be conservative, but I'm so tired of losing, watching them lose. They should have swept the House. They should have got eight seats given this bankrupt presidency. So we'll see how smart they are. We'll see how much money they raise. We'll see to what degree the voting laws go back to what they were. And prior to 2020, when you had most states with 70 percent of the people voting on Election Day. And we'll see. And if that if those things work out well, I think you're going to see an enormous backlash against Joe Biden. And you're going to see a Republican president, a Republican Senate and a Republican House and a Republican Supreme Court. And then we'll see what happens. They have one last chance. They have one last chance. 
That's and, very positive of you, Victor. I like Well, this. I could say Republican Supreme Court, and I say that because all of a sudden I grew up with the Warren Court, and then I w- grew up with the Republican presidents from Eisenhower to Richard Nixon to Gerald Ford appointees to George H.W. Bush to other appointees who who put so-called Republican conservative justice, and you ended up with John Paul Stevens and Earl Warren, of course, by Eisenhower, or you ended up with David Souter. So you ended up with rhinos who then got left more and more left. And so now they're not doing that. So you have six conservative judges. If you count all six, and I don't know if you can always, you know, John Roberts, but... But the point I'm making is, what's the reaction to that by the left? I cannot believe it. When the Republicans were getting ruled against on everything from the Bakke decision to earlier school prayer and everything, and, you know, pornography and all that was okay. And I don't remember any Republicans saying, let's march on the houses of the Supreme Court justices. Let's go to Earl Warren's house. I don't remember anybody saying, hmm, Let's in the Senate, as they were doing this week, let's cut off the security detail or protection to the Supreme Court justices. Or let's not enforce a federal statute that says you can't swarm a Supreme Court judge. Or let's just laugh about uh, assassination attempts or threats uh, to particular Supreme Court. Or let's talk about packing the court to 15 justices, as Hakeem, Hakeem Jeffries was bragging about not all not all that long ago. Or let's talk about George. I don't remember any Senate majority leader going to the Supreme Court and saying to Earl Warren and, uh, I don't know, Hugo Blackman or somebody said, Blackman, Warren, we're coming. You, you're you going to sow the wind. You, you sowed the wind. You're going to reap the whirlwind. We're coming after you. You don't know what's going to hit you, that kind of stuff. I don't remember that. Yeah. No, of course That's what not. they're doing. They're in a virtue. And then every single day, they leak stories, I think, in a racist fashion because they despise Clarence Thomas. They leak things about him. Oh, he went on a trip. They did that all during the 80s and 90s and stuff. And now they're going after Gorsuch on some phony real estate charge. So I don't remember that media fusion with the left to destroy the integrity and autonomy of the court and to go out and personally destroy and indeed endanger the lives of Supreme Court justices. So I think everybody listening should realize we're in a revolutionary state now where the, the bicoastal elite that's running this party is crazy. And, and they have the media on their side is what wait, you just wait to the they use if wait till the walls are closing in because I think a year from now, as we head into the heated campaign season, and if Joe Biden is still a candidate. And if he's not, it will be worse for them because it will be Kamala Harris. Then they're going to panic because they're going to be looking at some type of McGovern blowout or Carter mm-hmm. blowout. Because I don't mm-hmm. care who you are, you this border can't go on like that. And you cannot be here. I just filled up yesterday for diesel fuel, $5.60 a gallon. I bought a can of dog. I buy canned dog food. It used to be 89 cents. It was $2.16. And, you know, I saw some people buying cans of dog food, and I think they were not buying it for dogs. 
Oh my gosh. They were buying a lot of it and they look pretty poor to me. So the point I'm making is I don't think that economically, energy wise, the border wise, foreign policy wise, uh, we'll talk about Ukraine, but it, there's some very disturbing things going on in Ukraine right now. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and take a break first, and then um, we'll come back to talk about the Ukraine. And I want to just make a note that you said your third inspiring thing this episode by saying that there could be a blowout in 2024, given the right circumstances. So I like that. (laughs) I really do. I think a, a lot. The only thing I would say to everybody, if you're for DeSantis or you're for Trump, and I'm not going to get who you should be for or any of the other also candidates, you should insist that your candidate, if you're going to vote for DeSantis, you should say, I want him to endorse whoever wins a nomination. If you're going to vote for Trump, I want him to endorse whoever wins a nomination. And I say that because in 2016, they all did that. And then not all of them endorsed Trump when he won the nomination. They just said, no, I'm not going to do it. And they shouldn't, you, you should insist on that. Because they need yes. they need every vote. Yeah, we sure do. All right, Victor, let's take a break and then come back and talk a little bit about the Ukraine. We'll be right back. At Just the News, we break the stories others in the media ignore or are too afraid to tell. We did it on Russia collusion, Hunter Biden, and the security and intelligence failures that preceded January 6th. Our stories have real impact and reach because we stick to the facts. I'm John Solomon. You can help me expand our honest, unvarnished, and unbiased reporting by becoming a premium member at Just the News. You'll get an ad-free experience and exclusive member-only access to events, and you'll be helping us dig up more truth. Join today at justthenews.com slash subscribe. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome back to the Victor Davis Hanson Show. Um, we are on, um, I guess our mothership, as Jack always calls it, is Just the News. And that's John Solomon is a an investigative reporter and it's a great site for current news that he is based in dc so he has lots of information and is always uncovering something new every day so again that's just the news and that is the mothership for our podcast here at the victor davis hansen show so victor um what i noticed i we're going to go to an update on the Ukraine war, but I noticed that there was a drone attack at the Kremlin. They feel like it was targeted at Putin's residence. And the Russians are, of course, blaming the Ukrainians and the Ukrainians. Ukrainians have not responded to that that accusation. So um, well, that's the current news. But go ahead. Well, what's happening is that as Putin hits apartment buildings and civilian infrastructure, the Ukrainians have now decided in anticipation of of the spring offensive, which I think is just about ready to take off if it hasn't today, 
they are using offensive operations themselves. So they are derailing through, I guess, drones or mines or something, uh, Russian rail supply uh, cars coming in to the front. They've, I think they've, they've derailed two trains now. They hit a oil refinery in Crimea. So in that landscape, Vladimir Putin is saying, well, they're starting to attack us in Russia. And you know what that means, i.e., it's all it's all about Joseph Stalin again now, you know, going from you, you, you to comrade. In other words, it's an attack on Mother Russia. We're not an expeditionary force trying to absorb and swallow Ukraine. We're victims. And now they've even tried to assassinate me, Vladimir Putin. I don't know. I don't I doubt that's true, but it could be. But the point I'm making is you can see what he's doing because there was also an intelligence report leaked. I don't know how that was leaked out of Russia unless it was by intent that he his intelligence and propaganda operatives are preparing the Russians for some bad news. In other words, a wall, the war is not going well. The Russian industry is not able to supply the front lines with the wherewithal. Not that they're losing, but not they're not winning. And they've yes. lost probably a quarter of a million, if not more, people. And so what I'm getting at is that if they get desperate and you, they start to have this propaganda trope that Putin is in danger and he's being attacked, then... You can see what that's leading to. They're going to say, well, we can go after Zelensky, or we can use a tactical nuclear weapon, or we can do this, or we can do that. So I don't think when, and then you have Zelensky saying that this spring offensive is going to liberate all of Ukraine back to its pre, pre, pre 2014 border, something he's never said before the war started. They were those were going to be adjudicated, but that's going to require a lot of supplies. And we now learn that in terms of javelins and 155 millimeter shells and smart bombs and smart artillery, we're, we're almost exhausted. We don't have any. We surely don't have enough to give to Taiwan. It's a hollowed out military. I mean, we can spend a lot of money about having ads for pregnant uh, flight suits and for uh, drag shows on the military or recruitment from transat, but we do not have apparently an arsenal with sufficient reserve strength to fund the U.S. military and to give Ukraine the 140 now billion dollars of support and materials and weaponry that we've been giving them. So mm -hmm. it's something, you know, I keep saying that uh, all of these fanatics who keep saying that Ukraine is going to win I don't think they understand history. Russia doesn't care how many people it loses. It's lost a lot more than Ukraine. It just looks at the the 1939, you know, winter war in Finland, and it looks like it looks at the 1939 slow coach carving up of Poland from the east, and it looks like for a while the messy stuff with the Japanese on the Mongolian border in 39 that Zukov was involved they finally won and then they look at the horrible first two months of Operation Barbarossa and the horrible first month and a half of the Napoleonic um, invasion and what do they say? We won. We won all of those. We won. 
cares? People are people, they die. We don't care. And so when you say, well, they've lost 250,000 people, Victor, and they've got all of Europe against them. And you say, yes, but they are triangulating with China. They're selling oil to India and Japan, as well as most countries in the world other than Europe, the United States. I think Germany will be buying natural gas from them eventually. If they're not already doing it stealthily now, they're going to have to. So they they don't care. And so I think people should say it would if this offensive makes any progress, they would be in a position to negotiate an end rather than to. I don't quite get that the uh, never Trump right and the hard left's desire to kill people. So we've already lost, uh, I don't know, 150,000 Ukrainians, 250, maybe more Russians. Do they? How many do they want to kill? 500, 800, a million to go back over borders that they had been arguing over for centuries? I, I don't get it. And so do you mean get, to suggest it's gonna he- that it's going to get heated up? It really is. Do you mean to suggest that our left-wing government has the option to broker a peace with these people instead well, of doing what Well, we don't doing? because we don't have any influence, but who does? So we're, the Biden administration achieved the impossible. They allowed China that hasn't given one dime to Ukraine. It may have been s- secretly uh, buying oil from Russia or giving them weapons we don't know, but they haven't been a major player like we have. And we're the major player, supposedly. We have the world's largest economy. We have the world's largest, most effective military. We have the popular culture that saturates the globe. And yet, who's the one that both sides are looking to, to adjudicate or broker a peace? It's the Chinese. Even Zelensky is bragging about that. So, what? Joe Biden, nobody, no American's going to do it. Because we have no credibility. How do we have any credibility after Afghanistan or after the smackdown in Anchorage, Alaska in March of 2021 or the humiliation of the Chinese balloon fiasco? So, no, we're nobody's saying, I wish the Americans could come in here. And their thing, it's tangential to this, but I have a piece coming out tomorrow. I want to be very careful we're creating an ugly American. And this is very ironic because we were told by the left that the ugly American going back to the 50s in that novel of that name was based, it was about, you know, it wasn't Graham Greene, it was the other guy, but it was about American corporations and military, industrial, espionage, everything and exploitation in, in Southeast Asia. But my point is, when I was a student, we were told that Disney, Starbucks, Anaconda Copper, I shouldn't say Starbucks, but now Starbucks, but our popular culture was driving out indigenous expressions of art and literature and entertainment because we were an imperialistic, culturally hegemonic power and our military was everywhere. But And we were trying to imprint our crass Coca-Cola McDonald's culture on all of these traditional, more peace-loving and more in tune with the earth, native indigenous alternatives. Okay, so what are we doing now? We, we're going to spend, we just sent seven, we have sent $750 million to Afghanistan. We have, and what, what did it achieve? It was all for gender studies. 
and women's studies. It achieved nothing but alienated a traditional Islamic population that we were trying to win over. And we're now sending money to Pakistan for instructions about gay and transgendered issues. And South Korea, we had the embassy, we have the pride flag, we had the pride flag. We couldn't defend the Kabul embassy, that $1 billion brand new spanking American model of uh, diplomatic prowess. We couldn't defend it, but we could put a pride flag on its last day. And we could have a George Floyd mural on the streets of Kabul, along with a gender studies program. And we could interfere with the East Mediterranean pipeline. Remember that? That was Cyprus, Israel, and Greece. They wanted to exploit rich deposits of natural gas in a consortium, a triad, to pipe it in into the Adriatic so that natural gas-hungry Europe would have an alternative to what? Putin. And who stopped that? One of the first things we did, the Biden administration stopped that. Said, oh, John Kerry. Well, that's just... That's carbon footprint as he flew around in his jet. So they didn't like that because that was a big money earner and that was energy self-sufficiency for our allies in Europe. And it was economic vitality for our allies like Greece and Cyprus and Israel. But what I'm getting at is we take this controversial left-wing agenda Get rid of fossil fuels. Transgenderism is perfectly normal and should be, you should be advocates of it. We're going to go into the BLM uh, view of racial relations. And then we imprint it all over the world. And we take people uh, who disagree with us, such as the Saudis. No, I'm not defending the Saudis. But then we say we're not going to meet with them. They've killed them and bad. They're just awful people. But before the midterm, we'll go over there and get on our knees and say, please, please, will you pour money, pour oil into, would you tell OPEC and would you pump more oil so that we have cheaper gas so we can I can win the midterm? That's what we did along with Venezuela, Iran. So they, they look at all this and they said, you know what? At least the British in the 19th century, when they wanted to get rid of Suti, you know, the widow has to kill herself on the funeral pyre. Well, yeah, Suti, they, yeah. They could get rid of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? They yeah. ended the slave trade. They might have mm-hmm. killed people doing it, but they had the confidence of their convictions as imperialists. And they mm-hmm. went around the world teaching people Western values. And we're worse. We try to teach them our popular culture, but we're weak. And so... When you're arrogant, arrogant, ignorant, and weak, you get nothing but disdain. And that's why there nobody's inviting us to be a broker. And this is all yeah. superimposed to the fierce criticism they had of Donald Trump that he had damaged U.S. relations. And I'm trying to think what he did to damage U.S. relations with the world. What did he do? He made NATO pay another $100 million in military readiness and preparation which came in the nick of time uh, for the Ukrainian war, because otherwise they wouldn't have been geared up to supply the weapons that Ukraine needs. He killed Russian mercenaries. Hmm. He sanctioned more oligarchs. Hmm. He got out of an asymmetrical missile deal. Hmm. Wow, he flooded the world with cheap oil that Putin railed against. Hmm. 
Nobody invaded Ukraine. Nobody invaded Crimea. Nobody invaded East Ossetia, Georgia, when he was president. Mm. He was Putin's puppet. That's what we heard. It didn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. And I think this progressive left culture that you say America is trying to spread around the world, the central thing that's wrong with it is that it's conflicted, as we've been just talking about, that they want everybody to be grouped into groups, but you start to ask the group to, um, you know, account for members that are committing crimes, et cetera. And then they don't want that. So then they, it's, it, how can you take it as seriously, this dividing everybody into ethnic, sexual, et cetera, groups? Um, and, and the world sees that. And, and how can you make a, an agenda as absolutely popular and a necessity like transgenderism when it's one, two, three percent of your population? And the rest of the people. Wait, wait, wait. What did you known. say? One. I said two, three. I don't know what it, they, I know that. Point. They, point. Point. What? According to scientific studies in 2001, 0.01%. Yeah. So we look foolish world round because these things don't make any sense. And then we the only like even funny insane. thing is when you have this agenda, it's really strange because. Who then becomes the good people? The Chinese that have abortion on demand, <laughs> right? And then yes. they, go, they go in and they demonize who? Victor Orban, who's, and they demonize the Poles and the Czechs and the Romanians. And then they deify the Western Europeans. If you get in a war in Ukraine, and I mean a big war, and if you think NATO is hinging on the Dutch or the Belgians or the Italians to rush in there, with the inf- you're, you've got a problem. You know who's going to be rushing in there? The Poles, the Hungarians, the Czechs, the Eastern Europeans. These are people who are on the front line against Ottomanism for 400 years. And then they had to resist Tsarism and then Sovietism and then Nazis from the other direction. Or they were infiltrated by them or invaded. And so, so the point is that when you make these woke agendas the barometer of our foreign policy, then you make illiberal regimes okay because they they punch some of your buttons and friends and traditional allies not so okay. And you don't have anything that reflects the national interests of the United States at all. And you you can see what's happening. So you take a, a, a perfect barometer, litmus test, is President Obrador of Mexico. So he came in as a socialist and he made all of these sounds that he was going to do this and that. And he joined the anti-Trump bandwagon and he unleashed people. And then he counted on the U.S. Remember that U.S. media? They're in cages. Obama Mm -hmm. built the cages. So that was a little detail that was omitted from the media narrative. But they (laughs) they ran this whole propaganda thing. And then finally, Trump blew up. So he said, we're going to renegotiate NAFTA. And we're going to, he let people in the administration say, we might have to tax the 60 billion of remittances. And if you don't do this, we're going to crack down. And they got scared. So all of a sudden they put tropes on the Guatemalan border and the U.S. border. And we started to rebuild the 500 rickety miles of fencing. And we were all set to start the new one all the way to the Gulf or all the way through Texas, at least. 
And suddenly, by December 2019, there was no illegal immigration. And what was he saying? That he liked Trump and that he was a partner and he needed all the Mexicans he could get home. And then all of a sudden, Joe Biden comes in. And when the first thing he said, and, you know, I, I write for a syndicated column. And I said that Joe Biden encouraged uh, illegal immigration. And the editor fact checker said, how can you say that? Well, there's a tape in 2019 when he ran that said, welcome them in. We want to have everybody come in that wants to come in. And his policies reflected that. And everybody you interviewed at the border said they came because of Biden. And so now my point is now what is Obrador's attitude? I think, well, let me help Joe get up on the podium when he visits. <laughs> you know, I'm in my 60s, but I'm hale compared to Joe Biden. This <laughs> decrepit American needs to have my arm to hold on. And you know what? I want you America, Americans now or people from my country. I'm telling you to vote Democratic because that's going to open the border wider. And he has contempt for the guy who did everything for him, Biden. And he had respect for Donald Trump, who didn't particularly do what he wanted. And that should tell you that the world reacts to a large degree, not all, but to a large degree by perceptions of competence, confidence and force. And yes. force that's used wisely and with a moral prerogative most of the time. And yeah. they they praise to the sky, mushy platitudes, but in the real world, they have nothing but contempt for people like Joe Biden and Barack Obama. And scary things happen. Scary yes. things happen, like going into Ukraine in 2014, whether it's the Ukrainian border or Crimea, or going in again as soon as, as, soon as Trump left office. As soon as he left office, I said to myself, they're going to go into Ukraine. And as soon as Biden came in, I thought, you know what? You guys are stupid. You're criticizing George Bush for his tepid response to the Georgia incursion, which was something at least. And you're saying it was too much. And you're pushing the jacuzzi button in Vienna, Geneva, excuse me. And you're going to have this reset and he's going to take you to the cleaners. And you're riding him into the Middle East after 40 years of hiatus. And that's exactly what happened. Reset was a complete 1939 model of appeasement with Putin. And he didn't yes. like it. I mean, he, he just had contempt. You know, it's, it's, it's like Hitler when Chamberlain went over to, to Munich. And he, he basically said to Hitler, we don't think that there is any right for the elected government of Czechoslovakia to tell you that you can't slice off the Sudetenland and take what you want. And if you want to do that, we'll have peace for our time. He gave him everything he wanted. Was Hitler satisfied? No. He was angry. He wanted a war. And now he had to wait at least for some kind of gestation of the, of the treaty. And you know what he said about when they asked him about Chamberlain? He said, yeah, I hate I hated that old man. I like to take that umbrella and hit him over the head and stomp him. Wasn't that a, when he was talking to his generals or something? Yes. He said, yes. what a fool Chamberlain was after that Munich agreement. Yeah, of course. Not that anybody would have known that at the time. And who did he admire? Who did he admire? That's even scarier. He admired Joseph Stalin. Mm. He said, I'd like to, li I'm going to liquidate Roosevelt and uh, Churchill 
but I think I'll have a special little compound for Stalin. He admired oh, him. Oh my gosh. And that's well, what and- dictators do. That's why the, that's the law of the jungle abroad outside the United States. Yes, yeah. absolutely. People don't understand that. And I think what is um, adds to the whole problems that have been caused by the Biden administration, whether on our economy, our domestic policy, or diplomacy, is that he's under a large shadow of crime allegations. And we just had a recent one. Um, the Comer Ho- House Oversight Committee has interviewed, I think his name is Mer- Merrill, Mike Merrill. Mike Morrell. Mike Morrell. Yeah. yeah, Mark Morrell. Let's take a break and then come back and talk a little bit about that. Stay with us. We'll be right back. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. We're back. And yes, so Victor, um, Mike Morell's testimony before the Comer's Committee had I think it's Commerce Committee, is it? Uh, had anyways, he he's was being asked about the Blinken letter that was signed by the fifty one uh, FBI agents, and he's um, basically said that Blinken was the instigator of that letter um, to the contradiction of Blinken's testimony itself. And I was wondering if you had any thoughts on well, that. Well, that's an easy thing. I mean, we haven't seen the transcripts completely. But that's an easy thing to adjudicate. We just say, okay, you swore that you did not communicate other than I think one time on a phone call. So they either have the goods or don't. They either have the emails, right? Or they have phone records. And all we have to do is say, you lied under oath or you didn't lie under oath. I think he did lie under oath. I think they'll pursue it. But what was feeble was his response. I don't I don't do politics. I'm secretary of state. No, you were a political animal your whole life. You drifted in and out of politics and government back and forth, depending when the Democrats got power. You were the one who apparently called Mike Morrell, the interim chief at one time of the CIA and said, you know, Mike, I got a problem. This laptop. Is there any way you can round up the good old guys and have them sign something? You got to be careful because you can't say that it is Russian disinformation. So you better use a term, I don't know, hallmarks of Russian disinformation. Morale said he didn't even have the idea to do it. So he called him up and did that. And so who, you now have a secretary of state who got his job because Biden was elected and he was rewarded for services rendered, one of which was to spread a Russian disinformation 
uh, charge that was false that, according to a conservative poll, affected people who followed the story, and that might have been 34% of the electorate to what? Vote for Joe Biden. So why we're all obsessed with the Dominion voting machines, all this crazy stuff that was on Lou Dobbs and other places, Sidney Powell is cracking person. It was after the election. Yeah, it, there was no proof of it. Yeah, you shouldn't, but it was after the election. This wasn't. This was prior to the election. This was a disinformation campaign generated out of the Biden campaign. And when Blinken said, I wasn't my idea, I didn't think it up, then who did? Because you were the point man and the missionary who facilitated the transaction to the CIA former chief, to the necessary players, none of whom have apologized. And if you're going to fire people from Fox, like Lou Dobbs, for trafficking in Dominion theories that were never proven, what are you going to do with CNN, MSNBC, PBS, NPR? They all trafficked in that letter. You had a repairman who said, look, this is a physical laptop. The FBI have a habit, but I have a copy of the hard drive. Here is a receipt from Hunter Biden. On the laptop, there are communications. Tony Bobolinsky said, yes, I, that is me. I can verify that communication. And what is the Biden family? Nobody, not one person in the Biden family to this day has ever said it was Russian disinformation, except Joe Biden on the debate stage, which was the purpose for the entire hoax, so that a couple of weeks later he could tell Donald Trump, well, you know, you that's just a story, you know, you... You're just lying. You and Rudy Giuliani, you know, as I got 51 people, you know, bipartisan. That's what it was all set for. But when they asked Hunter on television, he said it could be, could not be. And then when they were going to sue the poor repairman, what did they do? The first little writ said that you had no business appropriating the property of Hunter. And then somebody said, oh, oh. Don't say that. You better amend that because you've just confessed. You have no business of appropriating what could have sort of maybe in theory in some fashion could. I won't rule out Hunter Biden's laptop. And so there you have it. And yes. And that affected an election. And nobody paid a price. Nobody apologized of the 50. And that included, I shouldn't say nobody apologized. They were rewarded. Look at Look at the people who were James Clapper twice. Uh, he's a CNN contributor. And was he a signator on this letter? Yes. So yeah. was John Brennan, a CMSNBC contributor. He mm, both of them have one yeah. thing in common. They both lied under oath to the U.S. Senate with no repercussion. Well, and that's what I was going to ask you. Do you think these 51 people were ill-informed, deceived or left no. zealots? I mean, but. Do you think they're just no. where all of them were left zealots? That's frightening. I mean, Leon Panetta signed it. Why doesn't Leon Panetta say that I was deluded or I made a mistake or I shouldn't involve myself in something that I had no proof about? They just yeah. wanted names. They just called them up and said, we need some names before the debate so that Trump yeah. can't get away with this. And they try mm. and destroy the computer repairman as if he was an agent of the Russians or something or a, yes. dump, a dunce. And yeah. it was despicable, but nobody, not one journalist has apologized. 
There's no house cleaning at MSNBC. NPR is not going well. Fox got rid of people who spun lies about the Dominion. So we got to go in here. And then that was after the election. So our little lies were before the election. We know now that there was no way in hell that that laptop was Russian disinformation. Here's the transcript of all the PBS and NPR people that went to the races with this. And you're all fired. You didn't substantiate it. You were journalistically unprofessional. They're not going to do that. Never going to do that. But they got rewarded. Jake Sullivan was involved in the 2016 hoax with Michael Sussman about the alpha ping, 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 ping. Remember the Russians were supposedly communicating with uh, the bank in Trump Tower? It was all a hoax. He's national yes. national security advisor. Blinken got rewarded. He's secretary of state. Yes. It was. It, so. Yeah. I mean, that that's the way it happens. Yeah. And very sad. But um, it, it, can I add to this? The other that that was actually Mike Morrell um, testified before the House Judiciary Committee with uh, Jordan, I think it was. But before James Comer's House Oversight Committee, a um, letter allegation has come in. I don't think there's a name on it, but that Joe, Joe Biden accepted a bribe from a foreign power agent of a foreign power. That's very um, interesting because that's as vice president. Yes, go ahead. That's a whistleblower connected, but it's unclassified document that we don't really have the whole background to it and the whole knowledge of it. So you have to be very careful what you say. But the allegation is that it's sort of a concrete smoking gun. That's a mixed metaphor, but concrete document smoking gun that Joe Biden, while he was vice president, received monies from a Chinese consortium, that energy consortium that was organized or facilitated by Hunter Biden, which would be interesting because he's sworn photographs notwithstanding that he didn't have any knowledge of Hunter Biden's businesses. And if he took money from a Chinese company while he was in office, then I think he's toast, which begs the question, why are we learning this all of a sudden? He's been president for, what, two and a half years almost? Why are we learning all of this right now? What, what I'm getting at is they don't do anything. I'm not conspiratorially minded, but I have a feeling that they're looking at this cognitive decline of Biden this maverick Robert Kennedy Jr. that they're terrified of because of his unorthodox views on things like vaccinations in Ukraine and stuff. And the third leg of the stool is they're looking at Kamala Harris and they're saying, this is bad. This is 1972, 1980 bad. We've got to do something. So I think they want to get rid of Joe Biden either convince him not to run or he's, I don't say they, all of them, but there are people in the party that don't want him to run. And there's people in the party that are terrified of Kamala Harris. I think they're going to try to make some grand bargain where the left-wing fringe of the identity politics says, well, we'll give up Kamala Harris and you give up Joe Biden. And we'll just start with this clean state and get a fresh candidate of any background. Can't think yeah. of anything, and we know who that could be, <laughs> Michelle. Ooh. Oh, Gavin Newsom. Gavin Newsom, Michelle Obama. Who knows? Fresh yeah. face, young, against 
uh, you know, that's and then they're doing all they can to give free media to Donald Trump. They're praising Donald Trump from the left. I cannot believe mm. it. I've never seen anything like it. I watch. I turn into these shows and, well, at least Trump was for Social Security. Well, at least Trump's on the right side of the Disney question. Trump's trying to tell him, be careful about abortion, that you don't want to be too restrictive. Trump's trying to say, you know, that DeSantis has got a whiny voice and can't bring people. It's amazing. It's just so predictable. They did the same thing. And remember Joe Scarborough in 2016 palling around and so the Cuomo palling around with Trump. And then as soon as he got nominated, he was Satan incarnate. Yes. Uh, well, they want to run against um, Donald Trump, it sounds like. That sounds like what you're suggesting. And so they're pumping him up to make him the good Republican candidate they are. to win the it's primary. A and then thing. Can, That's a very I dangerous so. thing to do because it blew up on them in 2016. But I don't know mm -hmm. if it will or not, but they must have a lot of confidence in their ability to you know, bring in another 419 million from Mark Zuckerberg or somebody to warp the actual polling. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, Victor, that's the end of our show today. Thank you for everything that uh, very fascinating on all of the troubles with our current administration and really this thing, these things that are overshadowing it right now. Uh, so hopefully our voters will get out there and, and not just vote, but participate in election campaigning and that kind of thing. So I hope we do. Okay. And thanks everybody for listening. This is Sammy Wink and Victor Davis Hansen, and we're signing off. Hey there, it's Amanda Head, and I am thrilled to introduce to you my new exciting podcast, Furthermore, with Amanda Head, broadcasting weekly from sunny Los Angeles, California, and brought to you by the dynamic Just the News Podcast Network. On this fresh and engaging podcast, I delve into the latest news with a little bit of a twist, exploring the furthermore of every story. But this isn't your typical run-of-the-mill news commentary or politically charged program. I interview a diverse range of guests, including business leaders, entertainers, musicians, educators, experts, politicians, and many influential figures from both the United States and around the world. So why not make your Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays a little more interesting? Tune in on your preferred podcast platform and discover furthermore with Amanda Head on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And don't forget to hit that follow or subscribe button and be sure to download the latest episodes. I can't wait to have you join me on this exciting journey. Thank you.